What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman, and welcome to Mind Over Magic. Mind Over Magic, episode 30. This is like the show after the show. We've been hanging out on here for like 30 minutes already. Should have been recording. Uh, that would not have been a good episode if we just recorded everything before this. There were nuggets of gold in there. As you know, you know very well there were nuggets of gold. Yeah. But you know what? Episode the treasure 30, chest man. continues. What's episode that? 30. We've been doing this for 30 weeks. I love it. This is the longest commitment I think I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on your longest commitment. Thanks. I'm very impressed. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, How you doing, uh, bud? Well, we want to welcome some new uh, listeners. Uh, some people found us recently, and uh, thanks for tuning in, giving us a shot. Uh, we've got plenty of episodes if you want to check out uh, previous stuff, but we're glad you're here, and uh, and uh, you know we're, we are excited to give you the same old uh enthusiasm to our content as we always do <laughs> should, should i say from where i mean some of them very well might be performers yeah some are performers for sure um, um yeah I, I can dive right in that yeah let's do uh, that last uh weekend was uh i did a little virtual i i visited the virtual auditions for america's got talent that's right and was able to do a little bit of a q a with some of the the AGT hopefuls that are auditioning for the show. Maybe it's their first time. Maybe they've done it before, tried out before. Uh, but probably a couple hundred of people sitting in the sort of virtual waiting area to do their thing. Wow. And hopefully, if you came over here from there, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that session, and I hope you enjoy this one too. And and good luck, by the way. That's fantastic. I want to hear all about that as well. Uh, but I've also been plugging the podcast at the end of my virtual shows. So if you on a po- uh, oh and yeah. on a podcast, right? And on a podcast, yeah, as well. So if you've joined us from elsewhere, we also appreciate you, even if you weren't at this moment auditioning for America's Got Talent. <laughs> For sure. Uh, did you? Um, so, so tell me about that. So you were in this little waiting room. Wait a minute. Wait what? a minute. We just did such specific th- shout outs. We did yeah. to a podcast to AGT. I, I I don't know. Is it premature to jump into the mailbag that we already talked about a little bit? Because there's another specific <laughs> shout out we need to do. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do another shout out. Okay. I'm gonna pull this up because we get a fun email. Um. I I guess there's like uh, people who track uh, your stats as a podcast. And uh, they just send you information when you're when you're tracking well on, say, like Apple Podcasts. So we got an email um, that we are the number one podcast for arts in Brunei. <laughs> in Brunei, which is amazing. Thank you. If you are listening in Brunei, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. But we're not only the number one uh, in category of arts in Brunei, we're also the number one in the category of performing arts in Brunei. And uh, and 13 in all podcasts in Brunei. (laughs) Number 13. Yeah. I was going to say, are we the only podcast that that gets broadcast to Brunei? But apparently not. I can't imagine there's many if we're 13. (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding me? This is exciting. I don't. All right. So tell me, we we chatted just, I didn't know those second facts. I just knew that we were number one in arts. That's all I knew. There's more. Do you want to hear the rest? 
We oh, there's a, more. Yeah, 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 please. Let's let's hear more. We're in, uh, uh, by the way, I am not verifying any of this. Like, I don't know how accurate it is to take this hey, all hey, with hey, a hey, grain, hey, of, grain of salt. But according to this email we got, uh, so thank you for sending it. Uh, we are also number 14 in performing arts in Sweden. Wow. Yeah. Uh, 141 in performing arts in Germany. And, uh, okay. and then we get to uh, the U.S. And uh, 171 in performing arts. That doesn't, is that real? I, I don't know. That's why I'm dubious about this. That's not bad for, <laughs> for week 30. I'm excited here. What, where is Brunei? Brunei. Do you have a guess of where Brunei is? Just to no. see if we could lose those listeners now. <laughs> I know that there's a sultan because you told me that before the show started. That is my, yeah, that is my connection. I've heard of the sultan of Brunei, which is famously like one of the richest people on the planet. Um, that's why they're very well known. But they are um, by the, like Indonesia, Philippines area, um, just like south of Vietnam and Thailand. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening. Appreciate it's that. It's near Thailand. It's, it's like southeast of Thailand. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you yeah. very much for listening. We, we're very excited to uh, have you here and to shout you out. This is cool. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for everyone who's tuning in. Uh, but uh, let's uh, let's jump back into this little uh, the the AGT because I'm curious about how that went. Like, what was the um, the, the process like and did you meet like performers any tidbits like what advice did you give them give me give me the whole thing it was mostly a pretty in-depth interview uh with one of their producers with one of the mm-hmm. AGT producers who kind of set up a number of questions that just ranged from me growing up getting into magic through America's Got Talent through different television stuff through Vegas kind of just like the amount of questions he asked me I was thinking by the time we get to like questions from people actually in the Zoom, yeah, I was like, they're probably not going to have anything to ask. I mean, we did a pretty, pretty in depth bio, but yeah. <laughs> n- nonetheless, we did go to the uh, go to the the audience for for some questions, and they ranged from how do you manage nerves, uh, mm. specific like favorite venues performed in, things like that. Um, nothing too crazy, but hopefully some advice and things that would be helpful for someone auditioning for a show that you know that you and I have both been through yeah definitely um got to chat about you and the podcast a bit which is great because you've been through the same experience Mm -hmm. and uh yeah great that's fantastic did you uh did you get to perform some magic I did actually oh very nice and were there magicians also in the zoom room like ready to audition do you know yes I met one of them who came on and asked a question uh, the question pertained to Jeff McBride. Oh, right up your alley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that must have been uh, thrilling for you to pass on some advice and some, uh, you know, wisdom and, you know, wish them all the best in, in their journey through that. It process. was a lot of fun. It was cool. Yeah, it was really, really great. Oh, that's that's great. Well, good luck. But we got great feedback by, from the AGT producers for, about this podcast, by the way. Are they listening in Brunei? Uh, I think. Uh, apparently, right there in California, <laughs> yeah, right okay, in our backyard. <laughs> because uh, Adam, uh, such a great guy, just said uh, wonderful things about our rapport and, oh, and you. And I, and I just thank you to anybody yeah. who's listening. Yeah. We really are. I, I, 
we've spent the first few minutes saying it, but it really is cool that this has been 30 episodes and yeah. that I, I'm glad you guys are along for the ride. This is awesome because we'd be talking either way, but yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> now we have people just listening in. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And, and being part of it by sending us, uh, you know, things in mm-hmm. the mailbag and interacting via the social. So I, it's, it's just cool for us. Yeah. That's great. Well, well, good luck to everyone who are who is auditioning because I, I mean I can't imagine it's an easy process to do it all virtually and it's uh you know it's everyone's just chugging along during the pandemic and uh, you know trying to trying to make things work especially in the TV world. So uh, best of luck. Did uh, you send in a video as well as I know you went in person, but did you send a video ahead of time when you auditioned for the show? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did too. Um, just a it was real brief. You know what? Actually, now that I think about it, I think, I think, I sent in like they 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 saw a video. They saw they the they, tricycle blindfold. They saw the tricycle video. Yeah. yeah, and that's when they first contacted me, and I was I turned it down at that point. And then it was a year right. later. I saw the casting call, and I went out to the small little remote in Boston, and I think I just performed for two producers and a camera, and that's the first time they sent me. But I definitely remember in the later rounds, like pitching ideas through video uh, sure. to get the idea of what I wanted to perform and everything like that. So, yeah, it's a it's a whole different process now, and it's a whole different animal. It's, a, it's grown so much since since I've been on it, and you it, know, it certainly yeah, yeah certainly has. Yeah. Um, I was going to bring up, uh, you, you posted on social media, uh, Vegas, what Vegas looks like right now. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's Vegas has been spun on its head. It's been snowing for days. It's snowing again today. This is day number three of snow. <laughs> yeah. As you may have seen on pictures, uh, the, the, it collected. It actually stuck. I went in the hot tub, turned it, the heater on, went in the hot tub. It was fun. It was, uh unusual for vegas i had skepticism on facebook of people saying oh that's it's not really snowing in vegas only in the outskirts and other parts of town and i'm like no i i I live in las vegas it's snowing here it's real (laughs) so it kind of defied everything people thought they knew about vegas um and spun it off track but you know what i've been spinning this podcast off track since we started today uh, because we have a list and I've just been jumping all over That's it. Totally and I fine. commend you for jumping back to the beginning with snow in Vegas. <laughs> Eric's always trying to bring me, rain me in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, it was a, it was a very pretty photo, but it's so surreal seeing Vegas covered in snow. And I'm just curious if you were like, um, uh, just like kind of upset. You're like, I moved all the way away from the Northeast just to get away from the snow. And then suddenly it hits you. Or was it like, Oh, this is a fun novelty. Like what was your reaction? to? Oh, uh, I dig it. I yeah. love it because the sun comes out and it melts it rather quickly. There's no shoveling. <laughs> I was Two years say, ago, yeah. we got more snow than this. <laughs> and there was just a huge panic across all of Las Vegas because there are n- there, no one here owns a plow. I was going to say, I remember the story when it, when it like snowed in Vegas a couple years ago and like they had to shut down the airport because there was a dusting on the tarmac and no one had a shovel. Like, <laughs> like you right. couldn't, they couldn't, and it, all the planes couldn't take off. I was like, Can you, you got leaf blowers? Like, yeah, get some leaf blowers <laughs> and just 
get rid of that. And I know that happened in like Atlanta too, when they had like a cold snap and everything, and like the whole city shut down. Again, these uh, these warm climates aren't used to uh, a little bit of snow, but uh, I I imagine it's fun because it's such a novelty and you're not experiencing it like we do in the Northeast or anywhere else in the country where you know it's just downfall and it stays for days and you break your back shoveling and. Uh, that's my least favorite part about living uh, in New York City and in the Northeast for sure. But luckily it's been mild and I haven't had to deal with that other than that big snowstorm right before my move. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So we we wanted to uh, definitely keep things on the lighter side uh, for this podcast up front because, uh, man, it just seems another week another another loss in the magic community and it's, yes, it's very sad and um uh we didn't want to just start off by bumming everyone out right away because last week we unfortunately uh lost uh siegfried who is hu- so huge in the magic community uh but again we lost another legend do you want to talk about this a little bit well yeah his name's mark wilson and he had a television show in the 1960s. And mm-hmm. if you have family members that, or, or you who are listening, were around during that time, you you probably remember the magic land of Alakazam. He's kind of the the grandfather of magic on TV. I did get to see him live. Yes. With him and his wife and his son at uh, this was in Cape Cod for a magic convention oh, as a cool. teenager. I didn't know that. That's awesome. You saw him perform live. Yes, sir. And then the first time I recall meeting him, I'm not sure I met him at that convention. The first time I recall meeting him was with you at the Magic Castle. Yeah, I wanted to get into that story because it uh, it was so surreal. But uh, just before we do that, I mean, Mark Wilson wrote a book, um, The Cyclopedia of Magic, of also The Complete Course of Magic. And that was just definitely a starter book for kind of like our whole generation I want to say everyone had that book who got it Was it your magic. first? It was my first magic book. Same like, here. Before Tarbell, before all these other classics and magic, uh I remember this moment specifically and this book has a lot of importance to me uh because it was also like uh, a book that my dad uh bought me. So I remember, I don't remember the exact bookstore. It was like a Barnes and Nobles or Borders or something like that. But I remember being a little kid and I would always run off when I was ever in a bookstore and find the magic section or the game section and just kind of like sit there and read through. And one day I stumbled upon this Mark Wilson Cyclopedia magic book. And I just remember like saying to my dad, like, I need this book. It's the cyclopedia of magic, yeah. <laughs> like saying it contained all of magic knowledge. Right. And, and he bought that for me. And I remember reading that thing cover to cover like multiple times. I think I tried every single trick in that book, uh, perfected some. some Including the stage illusions? Um, I, I think I blocked <laughs> them out. I like, I at least like attempted them. Like, I don't think I ever performed those, but I like, right. you know, like at least like processed through them or walked them through in my like bedroom or whatever. They had like a levitation in there and stuff. Like, yeah. I was, yeah. I was fascinated by like the transpositions where like one other person would transform into the other. That seems so cool, but yep. definitely like some, some of the card material in there stayed in my close-up repertoire through like what I was, you know, middle school, high school and sure. it's amazing stuff and it blew people away. And I, I just like thinking back on that book, I was like, if it weren't for that book, I don't know if I would be doing what I'm doing 
today because that was really the launching point for me. And, you know, I've, uh, you know, I passed the, uh, like that book has always stayed in my library, but I've, you know, bar- let people borrow it. And it, you know, that was always anxiety driven. And it was like such a, such an ordeal to make sure that book came back because it had sentimental value to me and everything like that. So, uh, you know, that was, uh, that he's a huge part of my life. And to hear that he is now gone is, uh, is you know, very, very sad. Uh, yeah. Even though he didn't even know like how big of a part of his, <laughs> my life he was. And then the fact that you and I got to meet him together. We met him at the mm-hmm. same time. I mean, you saw him perform live, but like we were at the Magic Castle. That whole s- like in my memory, that whole experience was so surreal. I don't know if you have the same memory of it. Oh, as yeah, I do. totally. But we were just walking around the castle. Uh, we were just there for some reason. We were in L.A., um, dressed up nice, seeing some shows. But we were downstairs in, like, the bar area um, by, like, the Peller Theater, if you're familiar with the castle. And I wasn't super familiar with the layout of the castle, even as is. Like, it was maybe, like, my first couple times being there. But I remember walking by the library. And then, to me, I just... All of a sudden, this door that I had never seen before was open, and I was like, "What is this?" Apparently, it's like where they do their lectures, <laughs> you know. And I had mm-hmm. no idea that room even existed. And then we just like are poking our head and I'm like, "What is this room?" And then it's Mark Wilson, just there, like by himself. I think maybe his family, but no one else. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, like what was going on? I don't like, remember what, what was happening there. Did the session just end? What What was going on? Like he was either. He was either like ready to do a lecture or ending a lecture, but no one else was there. Or right. he just like needed a moment to get away from the hustle and bustle. And, and then we come in. And we come in and we're like, oh my God, you're Mark Wilson. And right. we told him how much, you know, that he inspired both of us and that, you know, his book was our first magic books. And, uh, and it was just great that we got to have that moment to at least express that to him. And I'm sure he mm-hmm. gets that a lot. Uh, or it got that a lot and um, to have a photo of the three of us that uh, so you know, good we posted on our own personal social media we'll definitely share it on the the mind over magic pod social media as well but uh I mean such a great photo such a great photo he's so classy yeah mm-hmm. so that that's how I remember it very ethereal meeting him it was just so overwhelming and you know just it was like a dream almost you know my memory of his performance at the Cape Cod conclave when I saw him when I was either 12 or, or a young teenager is magical as well and sort of surreal mm. because I believe I'm not sure he was booked on the convention, but his son certainly was Greg mm-hmm. Wilson mm-hmm. and Greg Wilson was performing a sub trunk mm-hmm. and the finale to the sub trunk. You just see the hands come up over the, the top of the box and out of the box comes Mark Wilson. That was the <laughs> kicker. That's great. And it was a, it was just a magical moment when that happened. Um, and also, I inadvertently pulled Greg Wilson on stage once, oh, which is no fun. Way. That's fun. <laughs> it might have even been like an opening night or even like mm-hmm. a soft opening here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And he actually came on stage, and I performed uh, the cell phone trick with him. Yeah, yeah, Greg that's Wilson, great. The one and only. That's fantastic. And I should say, if you want to check out, because uh, I know Greg Wilson was also on Penn and Teller Fool Us. And uh, he made his parents appear. Spoiler alert! Uh, oh boy! Yeah. But they, uh, but they won. They won the fullest trophy, and I think that was definitely like more of a honorary to honor this legend and magic, of course. And uh, so we'll probably link to that. I'll try and find that clip if you Great. want to check it out and see see the legend that is Mark Wilson.
So uh, you will be missed, and you inspired many. And, and uh, just days yeah. later, Eric, just days later, Larry King. Yeah, yeah, you were on. Uh, you were interviewed by Larry King, which is amazing. I mean, he's a At- legend in the broadcast. I mean, doing podcasts essentially before there were podcasts. Uh, yeah. So no, of it was course, a, it was a huge honor. I was thinking, like, mm. when's the last time Larry King has interviewed a magician? Like, it yeah. was probably Siegfried and Roy or something. I remember thinking right, that at the right. time. Um, but I used to see him fairly regularly at the bagel shop that I think he had ownership in in Los Angeles. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, I may have even gone there with you at some point. Oh, that's uh, it was funny. called Brooklyn Bagel Works. And I used to walk there mm. on a regular basis, you know, yeah. and he had a table that he used to sit at oh, that's just so by fun. himself. He'd be there hanging out every single time. Now, I've never, of course, never approached him or anything sure. like that. Um, and it wasn't till maybe a year later that I had done his show. But yeah, I used to see him regularly just so kind of hanging out, boots on the ground, regular guy enjoying his newspaper and drinking his coffee and yeah. being there. And I think what may have been partially his bagel shop or his, maybe he owned it fully. I don't know. Like I said, I never went and uh, bothered him, but sure. it was really cool to just see That's him there. Fun. And then, yeah, you got to be on the show. Is that, could we find that clip anywhere? Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, it, we'll link to it that does as exist well. somewhere. And uh, how was that whole experience, you know, meeting him and, you know, being interviewed by the legend of interviewers? Uh, I just, Honestly, like looking back, I just feel like I'm I'm so glad it happened and I'm so glad I could do that with such a, a legendary the legendary interviewer, but like yeah. really I just felt to be frank, like inferior. Yeah. Oh, really? I really felt intimidated is is probably the best word, but I mean, he's so good at making you feel comfortable, but mm-hmm. yeah. that's still the word I would use because you're in the presence of greatness. Yeah. 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 Well, that's fantastic you get to meet him and again, very sad news. I mean, the hits keep coming. Uh, you know, it just yeah. ho- hopefully this just doesn't turn into, uh, you know, this kind of podcast where we're just saying goodbye to, you know, legends. O- no, it's just again, it's just been a weird start to 2021. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. And it just I'm shows also, I mean, not all of these are related to the pandemic, but obviously it seems anecdotally we're experiencing the effects of the pandemic. So we'll get through this. Everyone stay safe, you know. Take care of yourselves. We'll just remind you on that. But uh, what do you got going on this week? Yeah, let's. I was gonna say let's change the subject to something a little bit happier uh, in terms of this week. Uh, I was involved in a uh, an engagement. You were involved in that. I was involved in an engagement. A friend of mine, um, Harrison Greenbaum, congratulations, got engaged to his girlfriend Emily. Uh, and if people aren't following Harrison already, they should be. Right. Very funny comedian, magician, and just Absolutely. overall creative guy. Yeah, I'm not going to tell the whole story of his engagement. That's his story to tell, but I was a small part of it. He basically, I'll give you the bare bones, uh, he uh, he set up an elaborate scavenger hunt for Emily to go on. And at each stop along the way, he had a little video clue. So me and uh, our other friend Patrick, we got together and gave like an escape room-like clue to give her the location of the next uh, spot to find the next clue around and that was a lot of fun and he put a lot of work and effort into that and eventually it led to like his roof where he proposed so uh I, but i was thinking as this was happening i was like i'm not i know the bare bones of your story but i don't know if you've ever told your engagement story to tiana at all to me uh so i was wondering if you wanted to share that with our listeners since especially as we're getting into the february month of valentine's day uh <laughs> 
if you wanted to uh, go in. And if not, I don't know. I'm just throwing this on you. Feel free to say no. <laughs> no, I'm happy to. But you're going to make me follow the introductory of someone doing a scavenger hunt for their future <laughs> wife. It's not about uh, the, you know, comparing and contrasting. <laughs> each couple is different. I say as a single person, so. <laughs> uh, mine, mine's not mine's not super uh, elaborate, um, but we were in Laguna Beach, uh, basically, yeah, just uh, just along the along the water there, uh, in a hotel room, sort of overlooking the ocean, which mm-hmm. Tiana loves the ocean, and Tiana creates these what are called called letter boards. Yeah. Where you just kind of come up with like a, a, a clever phrase and you put it on a letter board in your house. And like, it's kind of a thing people do for Instagram and things like mm-hmm. that. And Tiana mm-hmm. likes having a letter board around the house, whether she takes pictures of it or not. Right. She just likes creating these letter boards. So before we left to go to California, I'd stolen the letter board. Mm. You're not aware of this? No, I didn't hear this part. I knew where it happened and that it uh-huh. happened. I didn't know the details at all. I uh, basically, I... I Snuck back, found an excuse to sneak back in the house right before we left, grabbed the letterboard, loaded it into my backpack, and took it with me to California. We were sitting by the pool when I was sort of ready to pull the trigger. Not by the pool, but I, I left the pool said, oh, I got to run to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Scurried back to the hotel room, took out the letterboard, and inscribed on it with individual letters, will you marry me? Oh, nice. <laughs> Which... Uh, was partially because I wasn't sure if I did get nervous if I'd be able to get the words out. So I sure. figured it's good to have that To there. have a, like a visual cue card. <laughs> <laughs> so once I had it set to go, I raced back to the pool. She's like, oh, you took a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, all's good. Yeah, I'm fine. So then we, we get back to the room. It was sort of uh, sunset time, and I did the, the. We were outside, did the get down on one knee, busted out the letterboard, tears ensued. Yes. And the rest is history. Did she say yes? She did. Okay. She did. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Now, uh, just talking with Harrison, he was a little worried about like which knee did you like rehearse at all, or just it just came naturally, or yeah, I, I didn't consider yeah. which knee. I'm sure I went over what I wanted to say, but again, mm-hmm. just to make sure yeah. that I got the main part, I had a yeah. cue card. <laughs> yeah, I had That's the fantastic. cue card. Fantastic. Yeah, good thing. Uh, uh, good thing you hopefully spelled it right on the letter board because that would have been weird. Like. <laughs> We still have it. Oh, by good. The way. Good, good, We've, good. We had to we had to keep that one as is, and now yeah. she had to get a new letter board, so that one could just stay as "Will you marry me for eternity?" That's great. That's a great story. I'm glad you yeah. shared that. Yeah, that I'm sure our listeners uh, will love that, especially our number one podcast in Brunette, Brunei. I think uh, you know this is the content we deliver for uh, for top performing arts podcasts. <laughs> going above and beyond absolutely absolutely matt what else uh have you been up to this week you're looking at it buddy yeah you were talking about your cats oh yeah yeah no that's true so we had foster cats for the past couple of months and they just had the greatest personalities ever mm. uh so it was really hard to adopt them out but we yeah. found them an awesome home and that's always kind of like bittersweet, but also exciting that, you know, they'll have their forever home and you, you were there for that, those early stages before they found a true loving family. 
This is a very yeah. lovey-dovey podcast today, by the way. That's good. Yeah, we, we like to share the love. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it was a, it was definitely a tough one. But the new owner—I always feel weird saying owner when it refers to like pets. Sure. But that new is what family, it is, I guess. Family. Yeah, the new family is sort of uh, still corresponding quite a bit and mm. and treating Tiana certainly as a godmother. Oh, of the great. of the cats. So we're receiving pictures and videos, and it it kind of softens the blow a little bit. But we have two more coming, I believe, on Friday. Oh, nice! So you're just like the foster family, and you know it's a. Uh... Uh, take care of these animals. I know you guys are big animal lovers, so I'm sure it's it's great to to be a part of their lives. They got along so great with our pets too, so that <laughs> that made it hard. Like they were yeah. friends with our dogs and friends yeah. with our cats. So yeah, we 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 did the fostering through um, a group called Hearts Alive. But I've done work with a lot of uh, groups here, the Animal Foundation as well as the NSPCA. I, I just. Uh, Animals don't don't have a voice like humans do, right? So yeah. I like to try to try to help those sorts of causes when I can, and even in small ways, like actually just fostering, you know. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I'm glad you are able to, you know, uh, let go when they are adopted, because I can also see a situation where you just are fostering cats. You're like, how many animals can we have? <laughs> and just like uh, keep adding. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Tiana would love to have a zoo. And yeah. frankly, I'm a little bit of a pushover myself. Like, she had really good discipline to not be a foster failure with these two yeah. in particular because they got along so well with our pets. Like, mm-hmm. if she just said, because she did say several times, like, we should probably keep them. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and the only thing that, that held us back from that is that we were too far along in the adoption yeah. process that it would be so bad to be like, yeah, never mind, man. You can't have these cats yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. That would be sad. So, yeah, and and we could tell the new family was so excited. Mm, yeah. to, like they were sending us photos of like the cat towers that they had already bought and toys and. Oh, great! Uh, just yeah, it it, mm-hmm. it was a tough one, but you know what? They found a fantastic home with a fantastic family. So there's there's always that plus side. And now we can take in more. Yeah, you can take in so. more and you still got, you know, Miko and the two dogs and uh yeah. You call him Miko? You call him B. Yeah, I didn't know you actually knew his name was that. <laughs> <laughs> I met I met Miko when you found Miko, right? Can, are, you, are you Yeah, but are you able to pronounce his name the real way? No. <laughs> you, you, you won't even try? <laughs> no. No. You said the letter. You call. Uh, I can't even do your impression, but it's a B. Is that pretty close? <laughs> That's exactly. Thank you. That's what I wanted from you. Okay. <laughs> do it one more because I was laughing over it. Clean. His name is Bull. <laughs> and that'd be funny if you called him, but he came through. Uh, you know. <laughs> if the door was open, yeah. he'd be up here on my yeah. lap. But anyway, <laughs> enough about cats. Please, please tell me about your week. Uh, I got one more. I, I did a couple of virtual shows, uh, but uh, something interesting happened in, in one of them. Uh, you're familiar with uh, a piece I actually did on America's Got Talent, but I've adapted it to virtual shows where I actually take the uh, the logo of uh, a client, whether it a corporate logo or uh, in this case of this past show was a college uh, logo, a mascot. And I have uh, um, one, uh, a card folded up that I've colored in. And I'm holding that in full view the entire time uh, so that they can't see the colors. And the person on the other 
uh, end who's participating gets to decide how they want to color in the logo using different colors. And eventually, I unfold the the card and it matches their their um, their the way they colored it in exactly. That's the effect. You saw me do it with Howard Stern on AGT. Uh, but what do you think is the most important part? Without getting into methods here, but what do you think is the most important, crucial element of that piece for the participant to be able to do? Um, I mean, forgive me if I'm going too far, but follow directions. Sure. Yeah, that's definitely key. But um, I ran into a situation when I brought the person up on screen for the, to par- uh, to participate in this effect. And I was like, you are going to color in this logo. And he immediately, the student at the college goes. Oh, no. Goes, oh, no. He goes, I'm colorblind. <laughs> so at that point, I mean, I already brought him in. It's a call-in show, this version of the show I was doing. So I was like, to find another person and to like save him for something else. I wanted to be inclusive and uh, to understand that happens. So I kind of handled it just by going, well... I know there's other people in the background there with you watching. Uh, they can help verify at the end. Uh, but it's just about making decisions. So, you know, I don't know what his colorblindness was or how that looks to him. But hopefully I was just praying that, like, he could at least see that the two match. Even if he could right. tell the exact uh, yeah, and different the shades colors. And whatnot, yeah, right. yeah. So, uh, Have you never had that happen before? No. That was the first oh. time. Uh, you know, and it's definitely something I considered you with the colors I do use for it. And, uh, you know, I do have, I know there's red, green colorblind, but there's also t- t- different types of colorblindness uh, as well. Uh, but again, I'm just relying on the fact that they can tell that their decisions do match <laughs> enough. And the reaction of everyone else watching kind of vicariously will s- let them know that they got that spot on. Uh, so that's kind of, I, I, that's the way I handled it. I don't know how you would have handled it, but I think... That's kind of all I got for that there. And um, there's no other way because I'm not going to like pre-select and like be like, make sure, hey, are you colorblind? You know, before I bring people up for that. Well, luckily piece. there were other people in the room, right? You said? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I have a chat going as well. So people were reacting and they could see well, that. Couldn't you, and... couldn't you just have them like work as a team, like two of them? Yeah, they, they were kind of like not on screen but in the background so they were definitely like off camera away like, well, like making eggs what were they doing i don't know what they were doing they were de- <laughs> <laughs> he goes he also goes like i'm a huge fan and my my mom's here or my family big fans and i was just like huge i'm, I'm a fan of your mom too and i was like well this got weird okay <laughs> 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 it was fun it was loosey-goosey we had a blast and uh he had a great reaction so uh you know i was happy that you know i didn't you know pick someone else and be like oh we need someone who can see colors or anything like that because I, you know i want to be inclusive and I, i'm glad he still was able to appreciate and, and have a good time so i just thought Very that was good. A, that was a fun story <laughs> that's a fantastic story i mean i just i'm actually shocked that it hasn't happened previously like on stage yeah, well, I took it out on my show for a while too. So, oh, I see. Uh, you know, that's, what would that's you do if it. it happened on stage with the one person? Or, yeah, what would you do? Would um, you find out before they're up there? I, w- I would kind of find out because in when I do it on stage, there's a whole process of explaining the the, the, the markers and bringing those out. So I would find out before the actual process of coloring and see if they were okay going forward and like at least being able to differentiate, you know, a shade if not if they can't see the actual color itself. But but Eric, they would be on stage already, right? 
Yeah. By the time they realized the premise, they'd already be up there. So something yeah. to think about. You may have actually learned a lesson here. No, I know, I know. But again, I think, I think again, like I said, the audience is going to react regardless. Right. So I think Oh, right. They could just pick up different at, markers and yeah, do it. Yeah. And the fact that it still matches, you know, that's, that's the... That's the goal, at least to that effect. Um, Does that, that make it more amazing? It might. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and when it was in my show, it was typically the last thing I did. So it'd be weird to bring someone up and then just be like, oh, we're going to bring someone else up because then then that's a little rough. And you don't want to telegraph what you're going to do when you're selecting that last person. So I, I think I just roll with it. Very I think cool. That's the, the, the plan. So. Better than sending them back to the seats. Yeah, I think so. I think so. For sure. Although, have you ever had a situation where you've had to send someone back for any reason and just, like use someone else? Definitely. Uh, especially when I was doing more comedy clubs and that kind of stuff. You get drunk people who just can't follow instructions, aren't processing what, what are happening. And I'm just like, thank you for coming up. We're going to have to let you go now and find someone else. Or <laughs> There was one situation I was performing at the Wonderground. This was way back when. In Vegas. Uh, in Vegas. Uh, Jeff McBride's uh, little variety show. And I was in the back room doing doing the blindfold act. And I remember while I was blindfolded, my participant up on stage with me, she goes, I have to go now. And just leaves. <laughs> and that's the kind of show where it's not like a theater with a captive audience. So, like, I brought someone up. I didn't know she had some sort of engagement or an emergency that she had to do but you'd think she could at least wait until she was off stage but nope she decided she had to leave right then and you know it wasn't like uh a situation where i could argue because i'm like blindfolded so i was just like all right can anyone else pop up here and help <laughs> and luckily the audience was understanding because they were equally baffled <laughs> and right, we're like right. all right and you don't know why no i don't know she just vanished she just left was like, the whole venue left the venue like wow <laughs> That's awesome. So, wow. I've had instances where yeah. I've had to send people back for one reason or another. I can't recall specifically now what they were. I think they're really mm. far and few in between. Yeah. But I did have an instance on the show. It was a, t a good day LA, which is kind of like a, it's like a large local for a local affiliate show. It's a, it's a large viewership. When people do national press, they also tend to pop up on good day LA. Mm -hmm. And I had a host this is, I'm sure you can find this. Uh, the host, there were three of them, ran off screen in the middle of the performance. Ran off because screen. They, yeah, because totally they were gone. like coughing or sneezing or something. Oh, and all not of a sudden, because the magic was off. so amazing. It, it was, wasn't it, like... that you just reminded me of it because it was basically <laughs> like, I have to go and just disappeared, ran off set. And now I had to continue on with the performance, like as if that didn't just happen. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, I definitely have seen people who've like run off stage or out of the venue after an effect because they're just so blown away by it. But it's another thing when they do it before anything happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you do enough shows, you'll experience it. Yeah, that's great. And I always love those stories, those weird little things that happen that are just unexpected. And one of the reasons people enjoy live theater. I mean, otherwise you go and watch a movie and that's, you know, the outcome is going to be the same regardless. But when you're dealing with people, it's such a wild card. And, you know, uh, they say you go to the theater like you go to a play because of the chance something could go wrong. That's why I just love that the, in your case, she goes, I have to go like <laughs> yeah. that. That line to me is so 
funny it actually that that reminds me too and forgive me if i already told you this story but like i ordered uber eats once uh-huh. and uh it, it never came or something and i called the restaurant or the restaurant called me i can't remember exactly yeah. how it transpired which is sad because this wasn't that long ago <laughs> but the restaurant told me the person came in mm-hmm. picked up the food like the bag the the uber eats driver yeah. picked up the food walked out for about four seconds, walked back in, dropped off the food and said, I can't do this and left. <laughs> I can't do this. It's such a great way to quit a job. <laughs> did I ever tell, did I tell yeah, you about I this think, already? I think you might have. Yeah. It oh might be on God. the pod. Yes. Yeah, such a great way. I can't do this. We're, we're in episode 30. So we're at the point now where we don't even remember <laughs> what we've done. We've said on the podcast. <laughs> Hey man, it's only the beginning. Yeah. It's only the beginning. <laughs> but uh, but man, that's so great just to be like, I can't do this for whatever internal struggle they were having. Just to be like, man, this one order of whatever vegan meal Matt sent just put me <laughs> over the edge. <laughs> Speaking of, I know I said it's only be- the beginning and it's episode thirty, but you know what? I can't do this, and that's how this podcast <laughs> no, ends forever. No, it can't because Matt, we've got a riddle. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles! We know why people are listening. It's this segment right here. It's the riddles and the trivia. Just of course. Pr- promise me if you ever dump me on the podcast, just do it by saying, Yeah, I can't do this. I can't do this, I can't do this anymore. Uh, I got a quick one for you. Here's a riddle. Uh, it's one of these short but maybe difficult ones. I don't know. We'll see how you do. Uh, if you feed me, I live. But if you water me, I die. What am I? If you feed me, I live. If you water me, I die. What am I? That's the whole riddle. If you yeah. feed me, I live. Mm-hmm. If you water me, I die. That's what right. So, so like I said, these small ones that uh, I don't like when they speak about objects in flowery metaphorical terms because, I mean, that's just poetry at that point, I feel. But this one speaks to the function. It is a legit riddle. But these, these short ones can be so difficult because it can go in multiple directions. There's not a lot of clues for you to work off of. But what are you thinking? What's your thought process? Uh, the word feed is what I'm thinking of. Okay. So different uh, types think, of feed. I'm thinking feed can mean different things. It doesn't necessarily mean eat. For example, you feed paper into a printer. Mm. But if you poured water onto a printer, it would die. So the answer is printer. Locked it in. Thank you very much. <laughs> Time for trivia. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I do right. I do like what you're thinking with that. I mean, I'm sure, yeah, I guess anything electronic, if you water it, it will die, but not necessarily has to die. Uh, it could be maybe a waterproof printer. Maybe they make those. Who knows? So the answer is not printer, you're telling me? No, I already gave you the sound effect, man. <laughs> okay. I just want to clarify, I'm going to give you one chance to take Whoa. it back. <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, uh, you're just plotting your revenge with trivia right now. <laughs> I'm um, wishing I picked a harder question. I'll tell you that much. Um, let me think some more. Don't, I, don't, I don't know if I want a clue. Were you going to no, give a no, clue? No, 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 no. I wasn't going to give a clue, but I was going to say just think about other things because you're in the right train of thought in terms of feeding. Like what other things can you feed? Uh, 
in a different context like that. Uh, you don't but, think telling me I'm on the right train of thought constitutes as a clue? I don't think that's a clue. <laughs> okay, fair enough. No, it's encouragement. Um, that's what we do here. What? Encouragement. All right, I'll take the yeah. encouragement. Yeah. What a good spin that was. Um, <laughs> if you feed me, I live. Is that the wording? If you feed me, I live. But if you water me, I die. Well, what, what dies when you water it? Obviously, electronics. What else can you feed? Sorry, feed. this was this was weird because last uh, episode we talked about the Derek Delgadio show, which is uh, a big part of it is the I am section of it. And now I'm just thinking at the end of these riddles, it's always what am I? And I just had this thought of like these existential riddles, like going to the show, trying to figure out what they are. Uh, I don't know. It was a weird thought that just crossed my mind. <laughs> what am I? I am. I a riddle. Know. I am a riddle solver. I, I am a riddle solver. I, I am a riddler. <laughs> I would have riddle I, I would have picked that card if I if I saw Riddler was up there. Do you remember your card? I remember one of the two. I think the first time I saw the show, I picked I am a comedian, and I and that was in L.A. when he had everyone stand, and he you know picked that, and that was fun. And then the second time when I saw it in New York, he didn't have everyone stand. He had, he added the line, um, if you uh, feel like this truly represents who you are, you didn't take it as a joke or whatever, please stand. Just to kind of maybe help hopefully limit the number so he wasn't going through the larger audience in New York and spending all that time doing each one. But uh, for that one, I did choose I am a Jedi. So I didn't stand for that because I kind of took it sort of jokingly, mm-hmm. although I'm, I am a Jedi. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh let's hey, digress here but a, but a jedi is not the answer to this riddle because if you feed a jedi he lives but if you water a jedi he does not die I, i'm gonna have to say i accept that i got it wrong and if you want to feed me a clue i'll try okay uh think more basic so you were thinking of technology but think of like real real basic technology quote paper technology like even more basic. Like think of like caveman times. Like what was the first like technology even before the wheel? The caveman invented. Before discovered. the wheel, like yeah. a hammer. Like even like basic, just like they just a discovered stick. it. Like a rock. <laughs> you're on. The, get you're getting there. What's beneath the earth? Dirt. Uh, <laughs> sure. Go even further. This is a weird way to clue this, by the way. Uh, mulch. What if you put two sticks together? Fire. Uh, <laughs> that is a good riddle. If Printer, you... I think, is also correct, maybe, but yeah, that's a really good riddle. Well, as I was talking about Jedis, if you feed them, they live, and if you water them, they die. I was like, well, <laughs> Jedis don't die if you water them, but what if a wit? What if it's a witch, like the Wicked Witch of the West? If Why would feed... they die from? If you feed Water. a witch, they live, of course, because yeah. it's a person or whatever. But, I mean, the Wicked Witch of the West in Wizard of Oz, you dump water on her, she dies. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, I we- see. I don't know the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> How do you not know the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> We've been over this. It's episode 30. You know that I haven't seen a lot of movies. Come on. I have seen parts of Wizard of Oz, though, because uh, we had to watch it in school for some reason. Okay, <laughs> what a strange school assignment. You gotta watch like this. It was like one of those classes where they just bring in the TV because gotcha. they don't really yeah. do anything. Yeah, yeah. 
So we I'm going to say if you said which, you are correct, although that would be more of a trivia thing than a riddle. So uh, fire is correct. So, Matt, you get a... You were wrong. Uh, yes, I do. I deserve <laughs> that. I thought right. you were going to give me the, the ring sound, oh. and I was like, no, I can't take it. Definitely I cannot not. accept it. Let's uh, move on to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressures, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. I like you singing along with the theme. I like that one a lot. Actually, I like that one better than the Diddle Me This song now, believe it or not. <laughs> We've gone over this on the podcast. <laughs> it gets stuck in my head all the time. Anywho. Mm-hmm. We should get a live performance for like, we could have done that to celebrate episode 30 and see if we could book Mark for like a live performance of the songs. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if he'd be down with that. Well, I'll check in with him. Oh, I don't know that he would, but I'm saying it would be, look, we should try to make some kind of negotiation deal with Mark that if we make it to like a hundred or a certain milestone that, what could we do? What do you think it would take to get him on? I'm sure we could get him on easily under the show. uh, No, to do a live performance as well. Maybe I don't know. Well, well I'll I'll check in. So with this her. is what I'm gonna. Yeah, this is what we gotta find out. Maybe we'll bring him <laughs> on to find out what it would take to get a live performance of Trivia Time and Diddle Me This. Uh, maybe we'll see. We'll see. What's you the, seem what's the very question? uneasy about it, so it makes me think that it's gonna be hard a hard task. No, I think it'll be fairly easy actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> He'll just be like, yeah, you have to get to 31 episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, Trivia Time. Uh, the United States state, the state in the United States known as Georgia. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, I was confused. I was like, is Matt stuttering? Right. It's it's worded weird, all right? I'm just yeah. going to paraphrase, but mm-hmm. the state in the United States called Georgia is famous for what fruit? Oh, that's an easy question. This is the trivia? I told you it was an easy one. Okay, so uh, I don't need any choices. It's actually the logo now because a lot of the uh, the movie um, uh, production movie production companies are filming in Georgia because it's like the Hollywood of the East Coast because it's like similar climate now. And I see the logo pop up at the end of all the credits where it's like filmed in Georgia, made uh, but, in Georgia. But it's definitely a peach. Hundred percent correct. Nailed it. Keep bringing those easy questions, Matt. It's well, been a while since I got one, so I feel good. I'm feeling d- good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'll, I, I had a I had an offshoot, but I'll leave it there since you're feeling good. No, it's the offshoot. I want to hear that now. All right. Uh, it, this is, I think, maybe difficult, but Christmas trees. <laughs> were uh, The original decor of a Christmas tree, if you go back to the... the the history of it and the very first one was decorated by what fruit oh ooh, interesting i thought you were going to repeat the question from earlier of where christmas trees started and everyone made fun of me because i didn't know germany uh, so i was hoping for that mm-hmm. original fruit christmas tree um i'm wondering if you're asking this because it's tangentially related like if you decorated it with peaches so that's where my mind is going. Uh, but I feel like it's also like a weird, like like a fig or some weird, weird fruit like that. Like a kumquat. <laughs> 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 Judging by that response, nope, not a kumquat. <laughs> 
or like cherry. I know like they put like uh the like the berries on the wreaths and stuff. So I'm wondering I'm thinking about that or are berries fruits? I think berries are fruits. Mm. So like like cherries maybe? That would look cool, red and green. <laughs> I'll tell you, I when I read this trivia question, I like googled it to see like if it was true. Mm. Because it was sort of I can't it's a little peculiar to me and I can't really picture it. Like figs is not the answer, but I right. thought it was a great guess. I also think cherries is a great guess, which is not the answer. Yeah. But like I don't quite understand how they did it, why they did it, and like it wasn't super easy to find via Google. So there's probably more to the story, but nonetheless it is a trivia question that I found. Um now I'm thinking out there. Like I'm just picturing like apples or oranges, but those are like just traditional trees. Pine cones would actually actually make sense, but those aren't fruits. Um so I'm just going to are there choices or should I just throw Yeah, a I'll stab give you some there? choices. Cuz I cuz just before the choices, I was just going to throw out pomegranate because that's just fun to say. I'll, I'll give you some choices. Okay. I think it would be interesting to see where you take the choices. Mm-hmm. Peaches. Okay. <laughs> Oranges. Yeah. Bananas. Uh-huh. Apples. Bananas just seems awkward to put on a tr- Christmas tree, right? Uh I'm just going to go peaches. Let's go peaches. Uh, <laughs> no, bananas. Peaches is bananas. wrong, and I threw it in as a trick. Because <laughs> all I had was banana, apples, and oranges, and I was like, quick, think of one more. Peaches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give myself <laughs> Uh No, the answer, you want the answer? Yeah. It's apples. Yeah, okay. It seems odd to me. It does seem a little weird. Like, I, once you said apple tree, I was like, oh, yeah, apples do grow on trees, but like, but not I'm picturing trees. them decorating it with apples. Yeah, and and pine trees don't bear apples. Yeah. Interesting. We'll have to do some research into that. Probably won't, but. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. But Matt, we are uh, winding down, so we should uh, chat a little bit about our goals for uh, next episode. Uh, previously on mind over magic podcast we had goals uh one was to fix the audio that was my goal uh because uh i've been blaring into your headphones and um i did one point of data research with by trying the same setup with someone else on a zoom call and they said it was totally fine so i've concluded i mean there's more research to be done but i've concluded uh it's on your end uh, so we you gotta figure out the audio why i'm coming into your headphones so loudly uh, you currently have me on one notch, uh, but I am blaring into your ears. So uh, so goal to be determined, but we gained more information on that. Uh, but my other goal was, uh, you know, some of that email marketing stuff. And I'm just curious, too, because I remember uh, you obviously were saying uh, you, you have a you know, marketing team through the link and everything that does it like your email blast. But when you were doing mailers, too, I, I see a, a, a parallel between how we as performers tend to look at the negative reactions more or take those more to heart sometimes, even though you can have an audience full of people who love you and like one person with their arms crossed that just stands out. That's how I feel about email unsubscribes now. <laughs> so, Ooh. <laughs> it's like, why are you unsubscribing? Like, come on, you, you were on the mailing list. Uh, and, you know, it's not a lot of people that are uh, unsubscribing, uh, but, you know, it's a handful that that's always going to happen when you send out an email. 
Uh, but uh, I'm just like looking at it and like looking through like because they have options to choose and and the ones that are just like I'm not interested anymore. I'm like, okay, I get that. But like some of them are like spammy content. It was like spammy content. I sent out one maybe in a year <laughs> and, uh, you know, just telling you things that I'm doing. You're obviously on the list for a reason. And I tried to even specifically say at the start of the email why they were getting the email of like, we met at a conference or you came to a show or you signed up on my website. And some people are still like, never signed up for this. I was like, what? <laughs> so anyway, I was just wondering your thoughts on uh, the unsubscribe uh, uh, list uh, for any campaigns you've done in the past. Well, you can't take it personally. It is awkward because when you unsubscribe from something, the person you unsubscribe from can now see that you've unsubscribed. <laughs> yes. In so fact, that's awkward. In fact, I'll tell you a very awkward story that happened because, uh, you know, we get a lot of like magic marketing stuff from like, uh, you know, shops trying to sell something. And some of some are one man businesses that are sending you stuff. And I had unsubscribed and I got an email from that person going, why did you unsubscribe from me? Wow. <laughs> was like so you've been on I both knew. sides. Why yeah. did you unsubscribe? I was just getting too many, and I wanted to actually switch to another email, and I was just like, I'm switching over to another one. That oh. was a good way to save face. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It is. I would equate it to social media. Yeah. Uh, all accounts have fluctuation with people unfollowing following on a daily basis. I don't know what the number is for my accounts, for example. Mm-hmm. I'm sure for – I mean – for some accounts, it's probably a huge substantial number mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of fluctuation per day. Yeah. It is. You know that, right? Yeah, of course. Of course. Actually, do you know there's like a like a Twitter plugin that you can hook up to your account that says like, who unfollowed me? Yeah, I can't get it? involved with that. No. I did it once and I was like, this is just depressing. I don't need to know this information ever yeah, again. Yeah, <laughs> no. I had one of those apps and I was like, no, no, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. But... um. I think you can't take it personally. Also, in all fairness, I think probably some of your subscriber list is from sort of a, a databases from different conferences and things, right? Yeah, that too. And it, it definitely the reason I sent out the email too was to thin out some people. So like I was expecting unsubscribes. Like I was saying, I want people who are just interested to be on that list. So I'm not bugging people. So I was expecting it. But like just some of the comments, like when they type in rather than like click one of the options of why they unsubscribe, it's like, oh, you're doing this with some malice now. Of like, <laughs> I did not want to receive this typing into the keyboard. <laughs> right, right. Just and then the, there's the open than, rate. Rather than just taking it for what it is, it's like, this was a marketing thing to see who wanted it. And yeah, unsubscribe if you don't. I'm fine with that. But still, taking it personally is is tough to not do. Well, then there's also the open rate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All <laughs> of these metrics can be mm-hmm. something that we can sort of stress over for different mm. reasons. And I think it's important to take metrics into consideration, but there's no need to suffer over it. There's no need to overthink it. There's no need to dwell on it. Right. You right, you, right. you see it, you accept it, and move on. It's just a data point. Just it's a data more point. science. It's more information to give you a way to go forward. From it's also a hundred percent inevitable. You mm-hmm. can never control what someone else is doing. Absolutely. Unless you're a hypnotist. Well, and then in theory, you can <laughs> ostensibly <laughs> control what someone else is doing. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Matt, you had some goals too. Uh, you wanted to clean your office and live an exciting life for the podcast. Oh, so you, wow. so you would have something to both. talk about. Well, the snow thing, going in the hot tub in the cold, that was, you know, yeah. pretty living on the edge for me. The office is not clean. Now, tell me about more about the hot tub. Have you used the hot tub prior to it snowing? Yes. Okay. But not not in many months. Probably yeah. the last time was in the summer. But it was a good excuse to be like, let's get in the hot tub. To feel like you're on a spa resort in Aspen or something. I just thought it would be fun. It was like, oh, it's freezing out. Yeah. Let's turn the heater on and go in. And like, it would be cool. And it was. Now, this is interesting, too, because this ties into a little bit of, uh, I mean, not to go into the whole prank video conversation again on Facebook, but uh, uh, with just any social media, you're seeing TikTok stars, um, you know, back when there was vines and stuff, people changing their behaviors to get more likes and views. Uh, to, to so, so the fact that you're like, I'm going to live a more exciting life to talk about things on the pod. Do you think there's that that can go to the extreme sometimes? as well um it reminds me of the um there was that emma roberts movie that i know you haven't seen and mostly because no one saw this movie called nerve it was on i saw it on a plane but it was like a long black mirror episode essentially where it was basically they signed up on an app and they had to do these challenges and people viewed it and everything like that and um but they were changing their behavior because they could potentially win money. And that's essentially what people are doing on social media by getting more viewers. They can, you know, get sponsorship deals or monetize the videos. So do you think that there's a there's an upper limit of like how crazy people are going to do just to have content to talk about on their channels? First of all, the movie Nerve is huge. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, it is. It was see? among the top rankings in Did Bernay. <laughs> Did you see Nerve? Tell me you saw Nerve. No, oh, no that I didn't. Been so funny. Um, if you hadn't seen Wizard of Oz and you saw Nerve and were like, yeah, it's my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, right. <laughs> and I do have examples like that, which is sad. Okay. So, because <laughs> I've seen some random ones. Um because I, when you when you when did I this said, goal, go ahead. I was just gonna say because I'm just picturing when you said this goal last week, I'm just like, oh man, watch Matt like do something wild just to talk about it on the podcast. Well, it's funny that you even like took note of it because I need to point out I said it like completely tongue in cheek. Yeah, of course. Obviously, okay. like oh yeah, live an exciting life for the podcast. Um, although there are probably certain things I would do for the cause or for the cast, yeah. should I say? No, I think there is. I think it's kind of fun to have that motivation to do something you maybe no, wouldn't normally do. But I just think if you constantly lived your life like that and then took it to extremes, that could potentially be uh, foreboding or, or dangerous or whatever or strange. You know, you can get a little risky because I see that happening on social media with people of like doing things they would never do. To me, it's to each their own, right? So if I'm going to do something, quote unquote, for the cast, really what I'm saying when I say that would be like for the life experience. It's something to talk about and it's something to experience. Usually if if something is a great experience, it could be worth talking about, hence for the cast. But really it's for life. Mm -hmm. Um, So the question is, could someone go too far with like basically doing things that are, quote unquote, out of character for themselves? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, it really depends. I mean, there's such a, I noticed, um, some of our friends that do like the prank videos have, uh, like added a disclaimer saying these are actors acting in a scene 
this isn't real. I like that. I love that. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's so good. the question doesn't really apply there because sure. Yeah, I guess it depends on what uh, persona you're trying to portray, and everyone knows. Uh, it, again, this movie keeps coming up that uh, the the social dilemma was the name of that Netflix thing. I think. Yeah, it um, was. Yeah, but uh, the 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 image you're trying to portray out to people and what's really happening in reality doesn't always align. And uh, I guess if you're creating content and you're doing certain behaviors and that's being reinforced by getting more views. If that actually does change who you are, I don't know. It's a very weird ethical question. And I think, you know, for me personally, I try to strive to be who I am on social media and off. Cause I just like that. I, I, I don't want there to be a huge gap between that. Obviously I'll, I'll highlight certain things that I think are positive and don't put everything in my life on it. But, uh, but I think, uh, yeah, if you're changing your behavior so much just because it's views rather than because you want to do it, I think, I think that's uh, that's tricky. Well, let's get into this. The strongest mm. content, I think, oh, hmm, hmm, maybe not the most popular content, but in many times, many cases, the most popular content shared via social media, I believe, is truly like real and raw. Yeah, some of that stuff just feels raw, feels good, and is very much authentic and not really censored a whole lot. I have a voice Mm -hmm. that I inadvertently turn on. Maybe it's like my performer voice or something like being on stage that like, if I'm, if I'm to turn on my phone right now and start recording and talk to it, just, it's hard for me to be 100% natural. And it's something I've tried to get better at, Mm -hmm. but some people don't have that problem. Yeah. But I'm saying I like the idea of being able to turn off that voice and engage as organically as as possible and not be too critical and then like, you know, delete it, do it again and like really try to give a real glimpse into what's going on. I mean, do you find yourself doing a lot of self-editing when you're, I guess you're not sharing a whole lot of video, like vlog type stuff right now, right? No, my stuff is mostly, uh, you know, just writing jokes. (laughs) I just use social media as as an open mic format for jokes pretty much now. Uh, or just to plug shows or whatever, or to interact with, you know, friends who I can't, you know, uh, interact with now during the pandemic. But like, I think you've hit us upon something like, like, like I said, I want my social media to be as authentic as possible. And that's why I like this podcast a lot, because we're talking just as is, we're not really self editing at, at all. all. No, this is raw. This <laughs> is pre- always it's raw. pretty raw. It's great. I love but it. It ties into comedy and i mean there's the whole book uh truth and comedy which talks about this is that people want to see that authenticness because they can tell when uh you are putting something on and something's contrived a bit and i think uh people are looking for that honesty i mean the whole excuse again for live theater is to just watch another human being on stage you know it's just to, to have that connection and uh, it's under the pretense sometimes of fictionalized stories, but even when you're telling a fictionalized story, you're trying to get uh, as authentic reactions as possible to really resonate with people because that's what they're really connecting with. So, one, Yeah, one more connection there. Speaking of virtual shows, um, having seen just a few and some with some pretty impressive production elements, and I know you have some production elements. Yeah. Um, to me there's something to be said for the charm that it can have when it is a little bit less produced. 
especially because a virtual show, like once you have multiple cameras and this and that, like it, it almost becomes like a TV show, but it's never quite going to be produced as well as a TV show. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I think, I think on, on terms of virtual shows and production, I agree with you. I think even that has, the, the production has to be authentic to the performer and it's going to feel right and feel like a good fit because there's people who are only focused on the tech and it's pulling away from the personality and it doesn't, doesn't have sometimes, uh, you know, overshadows what they're doing as an effect and it pulls you away because it's like this person would never have a 10 camera set up and they're more focused on switching angles and making it look nice than, than the communication and the, uh, the connection they're making with their audience member. But You're right. I think, I think if you have production and you can use it, it can enhance that connection if you're using it wisely and smartly and if it fits the character and everything like that. Like I took a lot of pride in creating the graphics in my show so it matches my whole vibe and aesthetic. And if you were just to plug me into someone else who created a nice production show, it wouldn't fit. You just nailed it, man. I'm Mm -hmm. glad you said it. You just nailed it. It, The production needs to fit the performer and what's right for some one person might not be right for someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh it's all about that authenticity. And it's uh again why that book Truth and Comedy is so essential to the art because people want to hear you the truth. Even when, you know, stand ups are embellishing, there's still that kernel of truth. Uh and you know, they can make up stories, but there's still still an element that they, you know, are finding profound and true to them that audiences laugh and it's, it's, there's a whole theory of comedy where the the audience has to feel safe first before able to being able to laugh at you know whatever misfortune or observation uh, the comedian brings up, but they can't feel safe when they start questioning things. There's a big thing in improv too, is you try and get the who, what, why out at the top of the scene, because if the audience is sitting there watching and trying to figure out what happens, there's a big question mark kind of metaphorically hanging over the stage. And they're more focused on that and they can't relax and feel safe because there's so many unanswered questions. And I think that needs to be taken care of first. Um, So I think this all relates to, you know, the social media discussion and everything like that. And, you know, living, living to the, to to your own experiences. Like you were like, I want to do something fun for you, not just for the cast, but then as a benefit, you get to talk about it on the cast. I think that's the, that's the only, the, the ultimate goal. Why are you not a vlogger? (laughs) Seems like so much effort. So true. Yeah, it could be a full time thing. But uh, let's uh, let's get into uh, goals for next week, Matt, and let's wrap this thing up. Okay. What do you, so you, you want to go first? Or you want me to go? I got nothing. <laughs> we don't have a goal. What are you, just, you can't bring up goals and then go. I got nothing. At the very least, I live an exciting life for the cast. <laughs> No, I'm 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 actually pretty excited because again, I'm my constant project is the apartment and just finally tidying up things. I've now uh, have a kitchen table. I've always had a kitchen table. I just can see it and use it now because I've uh, gotten very uh, far along in my unpacking process. Reorganized my whole desk area and the the craft area where I get to do a lot of my uh, office supplies and stuff that I, I work on stuff for my show. And uh, so, so now it's just, uh, I'm going to sit down. I have a big pile of books, especially new books that just came that I've just added to the pile and just going to crack on reading, I think, reading books. I've, I've got the same goal, actually. I, I 
I blew through one book in about 24 hours called Card Finesse by John Rockerbomber. I should have read it a long time ago, never did, really loved it. A lot of nice little touches on, um, it's really about the details. But so as you read it, you can kind of go through it quickly because you know most of the material, but Mm -hmm. it's a lot of nice little touches on things. And now I'm on part two. So I'd like to uh, finish that up, which will probably only take another uh, day or two. So I'm, I'm setting the goal nice and low. Achievable achievable very much achievable well thank you all so much for tuning in especially our new listeners especially staying to the end sticking with us uh we hope to have you listen to our uh next uh episodes as well uh if you want to get in touch with us if you've got topics you want us to discuss on the pod we're happy to do so if you've got trivia uh that you want matt to read to me or riddles you want me to read to matt you can send those to our email at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. And please follow us on the socials at mindmagicpod. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you very much. Shout out to Brunei. Number one, baby. Number one in performing. (laughs) Yes, thanks so much for listening. Take care.